Recording live from a room somewhere in Chicago. You're listening to Small Fish Radio Theater and Thespinarium. Approximately 20-minute variety hour. We're your hosts, Herzovi and Green, sharing the podcast waves with Joy Thurbjornson Coates and Miss Kitten. Along with today's special guests, Sharon Phillips and Mark Cater. Welcome to Once Upon a Thespinarium, a weekly flash fairy tale to keep you dreaming. Today's story is about trolls. No, it isn't. Wait, wait. Yes, it is. The story is about trolls. What? Yes, today's story is about trolls. (laughs) It's time for the troll song. Once upon a time, there was a troll named Arnold. Now, Arnold was not the kind of troll you're thinking of with hairy ears and stumpy feet, hiding under a bridge, kidnapping fair maidens. No, Arnold was an internet troll. An internet troll hides behind the internet and posts things to cause trouble or threaten people or create other sorts of civic unrest. Why, you ask? Well, I'll tell you. Before Arnold's trolling days began, he did not have many friends because he rarely left his house. This made him lonely, except when he got online. Then he felt like there were actually people out there, and the internet seemed like a nice, friendly, safe place. He could be whoever he created, and his followers would be none the wiser about who he really was. That was, until his follower, at Hazel the teacher, did not click the thumbs up on his post about his new collection of exotic paperclips. In fact, she said, Paperclips? Seriously, dude? Well, Arnold was very hurt and decided to pay back the offense by posting something terrible, and even worse, untrue on his feed. At Hazel, the teacher is a witch. Then he added a photo he found online for good measure, The photo was not of Hazel, and Hazel was not a witch. She was just a kindergarten teacher who'd had a bad day and was a little cranky. But before she knew it, the picture of Hazel the witch had gone viral. Her students were afraid of her, and their parents threatened to leave the school if she wasn't fired. Eventually, poor Hazel ended up moving back home with her parents. Arnold, however, had increased his following by the thousands for exposing witches, and he was offered a job by a government agency to be a professional troll. Soon he had millions of followers. Hungry for more friends and followers, he continued to post lies and misinformation about witches. He got a promotion and became the grand troll, supervising all the trolls below him. He had more attention than he ever dreamed of until until he met a girl online. At Hortense the Oracle was her name, and she was also an internet troll. At first, she worked as one of his interns. Her posts were powerful and had a quality to them he could not put his finger on. She gained a larger following, almost rivaling his, and suddenly... She turned a counter-troll. For 
every post he created that wreaked havoc in the streets, she created three more to stop them. Soon his organization began to lose followers to hers. When his supervisors asked how she was able to turn the table so quickly, all Arnold could say was, I believe she's telling the truth. <laughs> A truth? What use do we have for the truth? The truth is a disaster. Hack onto her feed, starve her out, stop her, or you're fired. Arnold did not know what to do. Because secretly, he loved at Hortons the Oracle. He didn't want to take her down, for she, she'd given people hope. Or maybe, maybe what he loved and missed was the truth which he couldn't find anymore. So, just as he was about to delete his account and hang up his mouse pad for good, he looked at his feed one last time. And there it was. At Arnold, the Grand Troll is a liar, and he knows it, signed, At Hortense, the Oracle, a.k.a. At Hazel, the Teacher. First, Arnold was angry. Then he, then he posted one last post. Yes, yes, at Arnold the Grand Troll is a liar. I am sorry. With that, he shut down his feed, threw his computer out the window, picked up his collection of exotic paperclips, and finally walked out his front door and into the world. The trees were a lot greener than the ones online, and the wind actually blew. This was all the truth he needed. He now lives under a bridge on the north side of Chicago, happily unplugged. The moral of today's story is, the truth will set you free. This story was brought to you by Too Much Social Media and a Heavy Sigh. There are a million cats in the big city. Each one has a tale to tell. Sometimes those tales are curled into mysteries that need solving. I'm Tabby Flufferwinkle. I'm a cat. Tabby Flufferwinkle, Cat's Private Eye, in color. Tonight's episode, The Case of the Cat Who Kept Coming Back. Kitten's Log, Stardate, 2017. Oh, sorry. It was a dull and boring... It was a dull and boring Sunday morning. I thought I'd entertain myself by playing Star Cat. But before I could beam down to another planet, an alien beamed into my office. I almost choked on my fur when I saw a human before me. You'd think it was Halloween the way my back instinctively arched. Easy, girl. I'm Mr. Johnson, and I need your help. Me help a human? You got a better chance of putting a bell on me. I brought you a treat to show I'm here as a friend. I waited to hear what the human had to say. I've got troubles. This yellow cat keeps coming to my house and hangs around under my feet. I, I'm not a cat person, but I don't want to call the pound on it. So I was wondering if maybe you'd get rid of it for me. How dare this human think I'd snuff out one of my kind? I don't want to hurt it. Just take it away. Uh, safely. I, I can pay. Then he sweetened this kitty by waving a wad of bills under my nose. That would buy a lot of cat toys. I'll take the case. Meow. You'll do it? Thank you. Here's your half payment now, the other half when the cat is gone. 
I broke one rule today, I might as well break another. I recruited a cat I didn't think was cool, Smokey the catnip dealer. I knew I'd find him in the clean alley behind the new Petsagogo store. Look who came strutting back. Did you finally solve the mystery of who has the best hooch in town? Cut the sales pitch. I got a job for you. You got my ears perked. Think you can get Mr. Johnson's cat on one of those trucks going far away? What's in it for me? Cold hard cash. Kitty's going far, far away. I staked out across the street from the Johnson home until I saw the Petsagogo truck pick up its prize. Then I went home and dreamed of the scratching post I'd buy with that human scratch. The next day, Mr. Johnson returned to my office. He's back. What? The cat. He strode in this morning like nothing happened. How we managed that is a mystery I'd have to solve another day. Right now, I had to figure out another way to skin this freeloader. I paid a visit to my old friend, Fluffy. She lived higher than the hair on my back, so she'd have some unique connections. Anything to help you after you saved my sanity, Tabby. My owner's sister is going on a hot air balloon ride. I'll have her take Johnson's cat with her. Have her drop him off on the moon. I don't know if that's on their itinerary, but if it is, it's as good as done. Fluffy was true to her word. Mr. Johnson's cat was stowed away on the beautiful balloon. Fluffy followed up that night. My owner heard from his sister. The balloon went down about 90 miles outside of town. She can't get GPS, so has no idea where she is. I'm sure Johnson's cat will find a nice new family to take care of him. The next morning, Mr. Johnson returned to pay me. He came back. It was enough to make even me laugh. This cat had more lives than Doctor Who. If you can't handle this job, I'll have to call the pound. No. I couldn't let the guy face the big sleep just for being where he wasn't wanted. It was time to pull out the big guns. When I called on those three rotten little kittens, I found them grinning like a Cheshire. What what do you want, old lady? To offer you brats a chance to make some money so you can buy Mama Cat something pretty. Oh, we're listening. The Johnson Cat needs to find himself on a train going west. Think you guys can get him on one? Oh, piece of cake. I thought you guys ate pie. Mom's trying some new recipes. So I left the cat in their capable mitted paws. The next morning, I heard on the news that there had been a terrible train crash during the night. Hundreds of people dead. It was the train Johnson's cat was on. Not sure if those three little kittens made it jump the rails, but this time, there was no doubt the cat was a goner. On cue, Mr. Johnson arrived. I began salivating over the cash I was about to receive. He came back! And that is when your usually cool and collected privatized cat had kittens! Tune in next time, maybe, for another exciting adventure of Tabby Flufferwinkle, Cat's Private Eye. It's time for middle-aged fantasy. We all have them. Here's one for today. 
we join Joel clicking away on his latest internet dating endeavor. Yes! She accepted my invitation. Now I can really check out her profile. Height, five feet. Hair color, varies. Eyes, tired. Weight, don't know, don't care. Age, 66. Perfect. Occupation, nurse, hobbies, cooking, cleaning, and going to tractor pulls. Special talents, grime removal, toenail clipping, and putting up with crap. Oh, it's too good to be true. She sounds great. Oh, look at this. He got back to me. Height, five foot one. Hair, spotty, eyes, bloodshot, weight, plenty. Age 66, perfect. Occupation, lazy old guy. Hobbies, putzing around, spilling things and going to tractor pulls. <laughs> Special talents, growing my toenails, dishing out crap, and watching sports on TV. <gasps> oh, this sounds like a match made in heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, famous quotes sung operatically in the shower. That was Eleanor Roosevelt. I once had a rose named after me, and I was very flattered, but I was not pleased to read the description in the... Catalog? Not good in bed, but fine up against a wall. What? <clears throat> Our next quote is from Dr. Seuss. Today, you argue that is truer than true. There is no one alive who is more than you. Say again. Today you are you that is truer than true. There is no one alive who is youer than you. Does that mean? Well, there is no one like me, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, thank God. But I think it's a very sweet quote. But maybe I was truer more yesterday than today. Huh? Well, it's possible. Okay. <clears throat> and that was Opera in the Shower Quotes. Get ready for the assisters. Just some regular guys who help you out. I'm the right-hand man. And I'm the go-to guy. Whether you want the help or not, the assisters are here. Today's adventure, light bulbs. Oh, dear. The light's out. Let me help you with that. No, I'm good. Really, I can do it. No, really, I can do it. Let me go. Hey, give me that light bulb. Can you see I'm on a ladder? I'm going to fall down and... Um, I think her leg is broken. Oh, no. And she's bleeding. Hey, let me assist you by calling an ambulance. There you go. And while the ambulance is on its way, I will change your light bulb. Lucky thing we were there. Got that right. The Assisters. Need help? Visit our website at www.wegotchacovered.com. 
Hello, and welcome to Bad Poetry Corner and Jokes. Bad Poetry and Jokes, that's right. You decide which is which. First, haikuing with Herzobi. <clears throat> Cereal in box. I heap my sugar on you. Diabetes, here I come. Sweet. Too much gluten. Uh, I didn't like it. <clears throat> all the loves. Of all the loves. Of all the loves of all the loves. And then some of the loves of theirs. And, and then their loves. And maybe one more. I did not love that at all. I can tell you that much. Really? I thought it was so profound. Hated it. The cat ate the bird, ate the worm, ate the dirt, fed the worm, fed the bird, fed the cat. Litter box, intermission. Fed the sewer, fed the lake, fed the groundwater, fed the dirt, fed the worm, fed the fish, fed my grandma, made my mama, and made me. It's time for a joke, I believe. This poetry is a joke. Yeah. Uh, a jumper cable walks into a bar. The bartender says, I'll serve you, but don't start anything. Two peanuts walk into a bar. One was a salted. A dyslexic man walks into a bra. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a man walks into a bar with a slab of asphalt under his arm and says, a beer, please, and one for the road. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that was bad poetry with jokes. Now, a word from our sponsor. He eats cereal with milk. He puts his pants on one leg at a time. His television channel surfs automatically. He is the world's most normal man. When I drink beer, I belch. Belch beer for the normal man. Brewed and bottled in Calumet City, Illinois, from the finest water the little Calumet River can muster. Belch beer. Please belch responsibly. And that's all for this week's Small Fish Radio Theater's 20-Minute Variety Hour. Got a story to tell, a good joke, a bad poem, a hellacious haiku, a flash fairy tale? Head to our submissions page and find out how that special guest could be you. And thanks to today's contributors, Tom Misaraka, Mark Cater, Trina Kakasik, MJ Kelly. If you like what you heard, head to our website at www.smallfishradio.com or find us on iTunes. And wherever you go to listen, it's always free! This approximately 20-minute variety hour features the talents of Mark Cater, Sharon Phillips, Kat Dean, Michael Herzobi, Joy thobjornsson Coke, and Michael John Kelly, directing and sound design by Trina Kakasik. Special thanks to the White Crane Wellness Center for providing rehearsal and recording space. Smallfish Radio Theater is produced by Michael John Kelly and Trina Kakasik. Hey, you know that was our 12th show? Really? Yeah, 12. They're pretty impressive. It is. Time flies. Who would have thought I when all this began way back when? Way back, uh... Did anybody think when this actually began? 
Does it sound like it? <laughs> <laughs>